It's time for the Raging Cajun Army. The only place where it's all Cajuns all the time. Kick is on its way, and the kick is good! Cajuns win! 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 A 50-yard field goal! And time expires by Brent Baer in Louisiana! What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Raging Cajun Army. I'm your host, Matt Miguez, and Saturday night, I don't know if you were there. Not many people were. We'll get into that, though. Saturday night was fun. Cajuns get a big win over Arkansas State. They look forward to a big game with Troy this Saturday. We'll talk all of that coming up in the next half hour, and with me is the color commentator of the Raging Cajuns football broadcast with Mr. Jay Walker, Mr. Chris Lano. Chris, what's up? Hey, Chris, can you hear me? Yes, sir. All right, cool. So, um, like like I said in my intro, Saturday night was a big win for the Cajuns. You were up in the press box with the man, the myth, the legend, Jay Walker. What did what was the biggest thing that you can take away from the win over Arkansas State? Well, I, I think the biggest takeaway. Uh, that I had that comes to mind is the Cajuns were able to find another way to win besides running the ball between Regas, Mitchell, and Calais because, you know, you take away those two big runs early in the first quarter. I just thought to believe that the running game was pretty stagnant for three quarters, and Regas was able to come up big late in that game with three big back-to-back runs that led in that last drive, which was which was a pivotal moment for as far as coming out with the victory but I, I think Nunez when he had to make a play with his arm he was able to convert on that and I just thought the play calling as well as the play decision and the play design everything was just on on point and that that was very promising to see because it's, it's that he's going to have to progress as a quarterback if we want to contend in this league and uh, as far as defensively for the Cajuns, I thought situational defense was a big part. I thought they made the stops when needed. I said before the game, I thought the game was going to be won in the secondary, and I thought both Eric Garrard and Michael Chiquette played big, as well as Kendall Johnson and DeJuan Dorsey. And, you know, and, and looking at the safety position and Corey Turner and Cohen Haynes, it, they all played very well. And I, I thought they made the plays when they needed. Uh, they had the big turnover from Cohen Haynes. Um, when the Cajuns really needed a turnover, a change of possession. So I thought that was very promising going into next week. Yeah, and 
And as you said, the the run defense for the most part was fairly stagnant. But you know, in, at the beginning there was some there was some surefire offense with the sixty four yard pass from Nunez and then the sixty five and seventy two yard runs by Elijah Mitchell and Raymond Colley, respectfully. Taking that into consideration, what's the message from Billy Napier to the players this week going into a big road matchup with Troy? I'd say continue to be better and continue to be physical in the trenches with the offensive line and defensive standpoint. I, I think, you know, I, I think the converse of this game going in, I believe it's going to be one in the trenches. I, I think with the defensive uh, style that Troy brings, I think this game is going to be led by the five guys we have up front, starting with Cole Prudham, Kevin Dodson, Rico Robinson, Robert Hunt, um, as well as um, Ken Marks. And I think, you know, the overall physicality that those guys bring, it could really set the tone and set the momentum uh, against a very solid Troy defensive front that's really led by their linebackers. But they bring a lot of pressure along the outside. And, this, I mean, this Troy defense is an attacking defense. That's, and you know, this, this, this team, this unit is eighth in sacks this season with 26 sacks. They're 12th in TFLs with 64 TFLs, so they like to attack. And if you're looking all the way back since the 2006 era, they've had 49 interceptions in the back end, which is the second most only behind Wisconsin. So, I mean, it's, you know, they, they like to take chances in the back end. You know, they cause a lot of turnovers. I think the big, uh, the big key this week going in is trying to at least maybe, you know, if you can't win the turnover margin, don't lose it. Just try to come out even. And because uh, you don't want to get that Troy offense any more opportunities. Right. As always, we're speaking with Chris Lano, color analyst for the Rage Occasion broadcast on ESPN 1420. And Chris, I'm looking here at the final stats from the game, and we had two backs go over 180 yards all, all purpose. How, how much of a positive is that going down the stretch and looking towards potentially a Sunbelt Conference title? It's very positive. Uh, but, you know, I, I'll say this. I'm just talking with a friend of mine during the week. You know, he made a good point. It, you know, I, I guess, you know, in a way, when you look at the uh, – when you kind of go over the stats and you look at the numbers, in a sense they could be skewed a little bit and it could be a little misleading. And, you know, we may have had two backs with over 180 yards all-purpose yards. A lot of that was just chunks of one or two plays, and, but you. But you. The point I'm trying to make is, you want to see our running backs sustain that for a game. And you know, the point that I'm trying to get to is, Regis, as well as Calais and Mitchell, they couldn't get anything going for two quarters. Uh, we were not getting very much production. So, I, of course, overall, at the end of the day, at the end of the game, you want to see those same numbers. You want to see those same amount of yards that those running backs are producing, but you want to see it spread out throughout the game. You want to see sustainable drives. I don't think in a sense, you know, this is not, this is no knack against the offense. Don't get me wrong. Hey, if you're going to score, score, that's great. But I think it also hurt the Cajun defense of having to come out on the field too soon, too early. They just seemed gassed uh, early in the second quarter, just with the quick scoring uh, playing ability that the Cajuns were able to uh, put together. So you want to see a little, something in a perfect world now, Matt. You want to see a little bit more sustainable drives, just kind of break down the defense, try to wear them, wear them out a little bit as just how the cases were worn out 
but it, it but to answer your question, going back to the initial question as far as you know um, the backs having that much production, that's always a positive. And when you can have three running backs, and I feel like two of them, they may bring a little bit of the same with that thunder, you know, in regards to both Mitchell and Trey Rakers. But you bring that lightning and Calais, that's just a totally different element that the offense can bring when you, when they implement him into the offense. So we ha- you have a little bit of each that, you know, as far as the different kinds of firepower going forth in each game. And that's just, that's very lethal. Yeah. Lightning and thunder. Absolutely. Now, Chris, let, let's switch to what is your forte. And that would be the defensive side of the football. I'm looking at the defensive stats. Cajuns totaled 77 tackles, one sack, four of those tackles were TFLs. Obviously, the interception right before the half. With the quarterback issues that Troy is experiencing, I know that they're the quarterback that they're forced to start on Saturday has only started three games in his entire career. Do we kind of change the scheme a little bit and put more pressure on the quarterback? Do we stick with the way we've been playing? What What do you think that Ron Roberts on the defense should do? Well, I think what Rob Roberts is going to going to do, which he's been doing all season long, is that when he needs pressure, when he needs to get to the quarterback, he's always going to be pressure along those outside linebackers. Well, those middle linebackers, actually, with Justin Middleton and Jacques Boutreau, with a double uh, outside blitz is what he likes to do. But because I'll be honest, I, we're not getting the pressure we would like to see from uh, from the guys we had from the, from the original three- to four-man rush. And listen, this is not a knock. This is not any kind of knock on either whether that be Shazir Malbrew or Andre Riley, Andre Jones or Tariq Miller or, or Andre Riley, whoever's coming on the outside. This is just more of a testament of just how good Chauncey Manick has been earlier in the year. And when he's out the game, you know, it's a, it's a totally different defense. So it's going to be a big question mark if he is going to return this week. Now, I have been hearing he's getting limited practice in. Which you know, which is a plus, but we won't know till game time that Chauncey Manak is going to be able to play. And he he's a guy that just really came into his own, starting with that Alabama game. He was making plays all over the field, and and he, I, I, he's a very talented young player who's going to be a heck of a player in the next couple of years for the Cajuns. But I, I think Ron Roberts, I, I think his mo is he has been able to dial up blitzes where he felt like he needed to do it if he was going to ensue any kind of pressure on the quarterback and just rely on his outside cornerbacks and both Gerard and Michael Jaquetta, wherever that is, that, that's in. So allow them to stay on an island with the with the wide receivers. And so far, they've been up to the challenge, and they've done pretty well. Talking with Chris Lano from the color analyst for the Raging Cajuns football program. Now, Chris, let, let's talk about Deuce Wallace a little bit. He's he's a guy that that's a local kid. He's never really done a whole lot on with with the program, and he made – a big jump forward this year into the into the spotlight, and he he's really answered the bell. What what do you see out of Deuce? I like Deuce, and, and I think you can go back to the New Mexico State game. I don't want to get the game wrong, but I think that's the one where you broke up the big fourth down play with the big hit. I mean, he's a headhunter. He likes to hit, and he's a very physical safety who really he's kind of like that dual linebacker safety. You can see him inside the box. I I, I think. He's a lot like Tariq Miller, where he may have been listed as a safety or a defensive back, but he's more of that hybrid, in-the-box type player who they both do a lot of the same thing. But I I think Deuce has really played well this season. He's very efficient when he does play. He seems to make plays. He's all over the field. 
He likes to be physical along the line of scrimmage, and I think he'll continue to do that. Chris, let's um, let's talk a little bit about the quarterback play for Louisiana. Like you said, I know you you aren't really that impressed with the with the play of Andre Nunez. What does Billy Napier did? Does he need to go away from the two quarterback system? You know, playing Levi every fourth series. Does he need to just give the job to one guy? Or, you know, what what are you seeing out of that? Well, let me begin, and I won't say I haven't been impressed. It's just that I've been honest week in and week out where I feel like he's digressed as a, as a quarterback. And there, from the New Mexico State game to the next, I believe that was, um, if I'm not mistaken, that was either the Texas State game or, or the uh, – well, starting with the Texas State game, I thought the quarterback play was very just average at best. And But he's, he shows signs as far as getting better, but then he'll digress back to where he was the weekend before. So he's kind of up and down. He's not very consistent, but, you know, he has ability. And as far as uh, the quarterbacks being interchangeable and Levi bringing that change up every four series, I, I'm kind of starting to like that because what I'm starting to see on, on – on film, when I review and I evaluate as far as the play each week, week in and week out, I'm starting to see the defense for the opposing team just react much differently. And sometimes you start to see whether I think the safeties of the linebackers be a little bit out of position because you have to respect the running ability of Levi Lewis. And I said this to Greg Lenard, I believe it was last Saturday after our last matchup against Arkansas State. I'd like to see Levi Lewis be more involved in red zone opportunities because of his running ability. And I think when you get into the red zone, everything gets condensed and everything as far as timing has to be much quicker. And he has that ability with the quick, quick, with the quick decisions and the quick throws and he's accurate enough. So I would actually like to see Levi implemented a little bit more, but give it to Billy Napier. I think he's handled this very well. He knows what he has in both quarterbacks. He knows what they expect. And you also have to, add in the fact that I think it keeps that motivational edge between both players when you they, when they know that just right behind them, breathing, um, you know, looking through the rearview mirror and then you see the other quarterback that they're only a play away from entering into the game. So it keeps that competitive edge going. And I think that's how Billy Napier is working with his quarterbacks. Talking with Chris Lano and Chris, I've, I've read some different, different stories and I want to see what you, what you have to say. I've seen multiple people talk about how the Cajuns could maybe in the last four games they could run the table. What, what do you what do you have to say on on that subject? Well, I'll begin and say this. I think after this game, I believe the Cajuns. It's very possible, depending on what the outcome of this game and in barring injury. You know, you never want to bring that up, but it's just the truth. You could possibly see the Cajuns favored for the remaining three, but you know, as as I'm just a color analyst, and I still I had that tunnel vision where I'm only focused on this week and this week alone because this week is going to be enough of a challenge as it is. Right, right. I, I honestly could not even tell you off the top of my head who we even play next week. I just know we play home back-to-back. So, I mean, my total focus is on Troy as well as the players in that locker room. But you're absolutely right, but you got you cannot overstep this Troy team at one bit. I mean, we're, we're 10-point-and-a-half dogs. So, you, you know, that right there is proof in the pudding of just, you know, as far as what the Sharps actually think about this matchup, it's going to be a hell of a match. I'm looking forward to it. Um, 
I think it's a good matchup for the Cajuns. When you look at the offensive line play for the Cajuns against their defensive unit, I think it's a good matchup that can favor uh, UL. Um, but there are other uh, facets that are going to have to really uh, just go in, in the Cajuns' way. You know, you're looking at trends as far as for Troy the past couple seasons, and they're 20 and 0 when they top over 400 yards of offense, and that they could very well do that in their last 20 games. They're 30 and 0 in their last 30 games in which they led in the fourth quarter. That's going back three plus seasons. So it's very important that the Cajuns, in my opinion, have some sort of lead going into the fourth quarter. You just don't want to face those odds. And BJ Smith, you know, he's been a bell cow. They really have just more of a one running back system. He is he is the guy that carries a load, and he's had 100 yards the last four games, averaging 6.53 yards per carry, with nine touchdowns on the ground all season. So, you know, you look at as far as what the defense for Troy has been able to do the last couple seasons and just the ability on the offensive side, you know, I could not even tell you who we play next week, Matt. <laughs> I mean, it, it's going to be a big challenge, but I'm looking forward to it. I know our guys are going to be ready. Yeah, Troy is always a uh, a fun game for us because there's, there's just kind of a, a rivalry there to a, to a small extent. Now, we're, we're talking about Troy, and they have – some serious quarterback issues. I know that they're uh, they had to replace Brandon Silver at the end of last year. He was a four year starter for Troy, and then you know three games into the season, your other quarterback goes down. Uh, I can't remember Caleb Barker. Yeah, Barker, Barker. Barker went down for the year. So now you're going with redshirt sophomore Sawyer Smith, who hasn't really had much playing time. You know. Had Barker still been in the game, do you do you think Vegas might have seen this game differently? Very possible. I, I think you would have seen the point spread even more just expanded than it is now. But I will say this, you know, Sawyer Smith, you can't overlook him because he's a guy who's really coming to his own. I think they would be much better if they still had Barker into in, you know, implemented in the office, but unfortunately that's just not the case. But Barker, I, 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 I'm sorry, but Smith, I really like Smith. And there's a touchdown pass he threw against South Alabama, and he's doing, um, he's doing like the big Conor McGregor walk down down the field after the touchdown. So he's got a lot of swagger. So he's got so swagger. I like yeah, that. I like that. I like that. Personally, I, I like that at my quarterback. I, I think the team feeds off of that. You know, but um, it, it, it's for the Cajun defense to really give him a little bit of a humble pie this Saturday. Uh, it's going to be a test, but um, you know he's got some great wide receivers in both DeAndre Douglas and Damian Williams w- Willis. And when you have B.J. Smith with 834 all-purpose yards with nine touchdowns you know, just on the ground alone, you know it makes your life a lot easier back in that pocket. And they are a run-first oriented team, a lot different than when I played in my four years against Troy. They were a they were a pass first, more of a two two step uh, drop back, and then. You just throw the ball at the premeditated wide receiver before the snap count and who you determine where it was going. It was all by design. Each play, you could not get to the quarterback. That's just the way it was designed. Those were the Larry Black any days. But Neil Brown has a different mindset. The head coach now at Troy, he's done a hell of a job at Troy. And, uh, you know, he's taken down a lot of juggernauts his last several years. And uh, trust me, Nebraska early this year will not be his last. Right. So with Sawyer Smith back there, nothing to overlook. He's a great player, a good athlete, and um, just just looking forward to it. It's going to be a big test. Talking with Cajuns analyst Chris Lano. And Chris, like you said, you know, when you played for the Cajuns, it was, God, I don't even remember, the late 90s? 
No, no, it was 2005 to 09. Um, not not that long ago. Okay, so you're a little bit younger than I thought you were. Well, I'm okay. a young guy, 32, 32 years old. Oh, okay, okay. So you were you were here in the in the de- in the Mike Desermo days. Of course, yeah. He was my, he was my teammate for the better part of three years. Okay, okay. So you were you were here right there at the end of the of the Ricky Bustle era, correct? Yes. Yeah, a matter of fact, my last game was against Troy, and the, the, the act, actually two of the final um, two of the games of my final three years, uh, uh, like the finales, I'm referring to, were against Troy for the Sun Belt Conference Championship, and of course, we lost both of them. So I think that, you know, going back years before that, it really kept the rivalry going. It's always been a big game. And it, once again, it's it's going to be a game that decides the West as far as the Cajuns, if they can hold on to it. So, you know, like like, we, like we've been talking about, you, you played for the Cajuns for, for four years. Do you use your defensive experiences, especially in this program, when, you know, you're not only breaking down film, but, you know, you're commentating or – you know, you're talking with people or, you know, whatever it may be. In a sense, yes. Um, I, I try to go with the same mentality. I try to, instead of when I look and see, when I when I read on paper, you know, as far as who the preseason all Sun Belt guys, that's the easy way to go. I like to watch the film and break down tendencies and just kind of look at personnel. And then I go back and look and say, okay, are these guys, are they up to the billing? Do they live up to the billing? So I, I use a lot of that uh, experience into uh, as far as further my knowledge with the game. It's, it's a completely different perspective. I'm enjoying it. But, yes, I will say I, I still have that defensive mindset when I'm calling the games. Uh, you know, that, that, that's always going to be uh, my, my nature as far as when I watch football. But I enjoy analyzing it, and I think that's a big reason why I guess I'm in this line of business now. Right. Talking with Chris Lano, Cajuns analyst. Cajun's color commentator for for football. Chris, one more question before you go. Do you have a prediction for the score or just how the game's going to play out on Saturday? Oh, you're going to put me on the spot. Uh, well, I, I, I'll, I'll just say this, and you can make what you want of it. Um, before I looked up the point spread, as far as what the Vegas odds makers had it at, I, you know, I'm going to re, I'm going to reiterate what I just said earlier. I, I kind of broke down Troy. I looked and see where their strengths and weaknesses are and comparable to ours. And I had a prediction of my own where the line was, where the, where the line should be. And I was just about right on the money on par with Vegas. So I agreed with the 10 and a half point spread and I'll just leave it right there, but anything can happen. All right. So a, a 10 and a half point win for Troy. <laughs> is is, that, is that what you're it. saying? But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it because anything could happen. I, I right, think right. this game could, could I think this game could come down to who has the ball last. Uh, oh, and I, I think I'm, I think I'm, it, I'm I think it certainly be, will. I'm always going to be real and authentic on the on the air. I, I said that when I did my first interview, and I'm going to continue to be that way. That's just that's just who I am. You know, people are just going to deal with it. But they are the better team. They are. They they just are. Yeah, I mean, there, there's they, no denying they that. Create, they create turnovers on defense. They ha- they play about 25 guys on the defensive side of the ball, so they're always subbing in. They're fresh. It's going to be a big challenge for a very inex- – I wouldn't say inexperienced, but lack of depth type defense that the Cajuns have going into Saturday. Yeah, definitely. Chris, thank you always coming on with me, talking about – the big win against Arkansas State and looking forward to a tough game against Troy. And hopefully, you know, before the season ends, I can have you on one more time. 
I was going to say, let's do it again, man. A lot of fun. Awesome. Hey, Chris, have a good night, all right? Thank you, Matt. Take care, man. There he goes, Chris Lano, color analyst for the Raging Cajuns. And now, you know, we, we've had a, a 30-minute conversation about football. Let's move to basketball. The Cajuns basketball season opens up tomorrow or tonight, which whenever you d- decide to, to listen. And, you know, after last year's Cajuns going 27-7, and seven, one of the best years in program history, the biggest question that I've heard a lot of people asking going into this season is how do you replace Bartley, Bryce Washington, and Jonathan Stove? And I agree. It's going to be very, very hard to replace your two top scorers and your top rebounder. But here we go. Malik Marchetti, Jakeenan Gant, and Cedric Russell. There it is. Those are the three guys that you put in place of those three spots. Now, who fills Cedric Russell's spot from last year? Literally anyone. Marcus Stroman at the point, Cedric Russell at the two, Malik Marchetti at the three, interchangeable at the four between Justin Miller and Jerikas Davis, and then Jakeen and Gann at the five. There is your starting lineup. Argue with me on Twitter if I'm wrong, at Raging Cajun Army. I'd love to talk to you about it. Basketball is something that I get into very often. Basketball is my favorite sport for UL. We can talk about it all night long. Stroman, Russell, Marchetti, Drikas Davis, or Justin Miller, either one, and Jakeen Gant. That's your five. Bob Marlin has another solid lineup of players this year. He's got young guys, you know, Eli Mouton from Ascension Episcopal. He's a talented guard. I think he could have some good minutes. You know, Mason Oakland, a guy who's been on the bench for the last two years. He's going to be a junior this year. You know, he's 6'5". He's got ball handling skills. He's got a decent jump shot. You know, I think you can give him some minutes. Elijah McCoy, he redshirted last year. He's a big kid from California. Christian Lafayette is a 6'10 kid from Michigan. I mean, there's a lot of guys on this team. There's a lot of new guys. Jeremy Hayes, RJ Gladney. This team can be something special, and it's something that Cajun fans really need to pay attention to. So the Vermilion and White scrimmage is tomorrow night at 7.15, and then next Tuesday they play the University of the Virgin Islands. whoop freaking do Who cares? Cajuns are going to win that one by 30 at least. Correct me if I'm wrong. And then the fun begins in the NIT tip-off. You go to Tennessee on the 9th. You go to Kansas on the 16th. Money games. Experience. woo And then you have the Gulf Coast Classic. Gulf Coast Showcase, excuse me. Colorado State, the winner of Florida Gulf Coast and Toledo. And then either South Dakota State, Tulane, UC Irvine, or University of Texas, San Antonio. That'll be a fun tournament. That'll be a good experience for the boys. You know, go to go to Florida, get get some sun, get some tan, play some play some good teams. You know, play some some tough competition, and it, that's going to prove a lot about you know it's tough competition, but it's competition that the Cajuns can beat. So it's going to prove a lot about you know put up or shut up. 
you know, it, it's going to be one of those weekends. It's going to be your moment to show a lot of people that, you know, you were picked second in the Sunbelt Conference and you were picked second for a damn good reason. You deserve to be fighting for the conference championship just like you were last year. So I, I think it's a it's a good spot for the Cajuns to be in. I think they have a lot of, of strong competition that they can face. Um, I, I love the fact that they're playing a lot of in-state games this year. You know, UNO, Southern, Loyola, Louisiana Tech, McNeese, Southeastern, and then obviously in conference you got ULM. So there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of in-state games, and I think there should be more. You know, uh, Purple and Gold, Will Wade, LSU. Woo! I think we should play them every year, but you know they're scared to play us again because you know we got robbed in the NIT. But that's for another time. We'll talk more basketball later this week, early next week, you know, whatever the case may be. I might record a a second episode at the end of the week. Who knows? I would like to thank Chris Lano for coming on with me, color analyst for the Raging Cajuns. Cajuns play Troy Saturday, 2.30, ESPN Plus, ESPN 14.20 with Jay Walker, Chris Lano, and Cody Juno on the sidelines. You can either watch it, you can listen to it, you can do both. That's what I like to do. I mute my TV and turn on Jay and Chris, and it's a hell of a time. So whatever it may be, we can talk about it on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or you can email me, RagingCajunArmy at gmail.com. And until then, I will see you guys next week. Rebound up in the air. Cajuns have it. And the Cajuns are going to the NCAA tournament. They did it! They did it! They came back from the dead late of the game!